Hello, and welcome to the Orally Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including BoJack Horseman, which we'll be talking about today. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Ali Martin. Yayo. Today we will be discussing episodes 5 and 6 of the latest season of BoJack Horseman, A Little Uneven is All, and The Kidney Stays in the Picture. Um, you can find our previous discussions on BoJack Horseman at OrallyAnimated.com. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OrallyAnimated. Uh, whatever a- uh, app or podcatcher you use, we always, we always appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, we are continuing our episode-by-episode episode coverage of the latest season. Um, we, you can always go back to find our discussion on episodes 1 through 4, as well as our overall season discussion. But today we're going to di- dive deep into episodes 5 and 6. And uh, we'll begin with the general impressions, and then from there we'll probably talk a little bit about each uh, each character since these episodes are a bit more um split up into different character stories than the previous episodes we've discussed so we'll probably go character by character but uh let's go to Michelle first um in terms of the general impressions on these episodes or major thoughts you got out of them what what, what are you feeling right now um, I think these are both solid episodes. I think it's interesting how well these two flow into each other in particular. They kind of seem like two halves of a longer story, especially considering the Bojack and Dr. Champ parts. Um, I, I mean, I, I will say, um, the second episode of this batch, The Kidney Stays in the Picture, is again, like, an amazingly good Todd episode. Because, like, the, the hijinks, while very hijinksy, are still, like, kind of earnest and, and grounded in something kind of a lot more important for Todd. And there's a lot of commentary about race, which is good. I mean, I don't think this is something that the show talks about a ton. So it's it's nice to see them kind of talk about it. Um, I think, like, there's a little bit of stuff with Diane and her her ongoing depression which is, I mean, something I think we've kind of known about Dan for a while, but it's good to get that too. And, I mean, Bojack's being pretty helpful, which is kind of weird, but I guess good. Um, but, it, it, I mean, it obviously doesn't turn out well for him trying to help Dr. Champ, but he is earnestly trying for once, and that's kind of nice to see too. So, in general, I think these are pretty solid episodes. All right, all right. And yeah, we'll definitely talk a little bit more about how the Todd storyline handles race and Diane's side story. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll touch on all the major characters here. Um, Allie, do you have and uh, what are your initial reactions to these two apps? Um, nothing super different from what Michelle said. I also like how the episodes kind of flow into each other. The episode before this one, I think, I, I, to be honest, I don't remember. But the way the first one opened was just... Uh, I think it was the most jarring for me in this season after the first episode with the flashback uh, with Sarah Lynn that mm. well, we're going we're to talk about it. But that really was like, oh, my God, um, I kind of I don't know if I like what they did with Mr. Peanut Butter with the um, oh. sad dog depression thing. Like, it, it's funny, but, you know, obviously problematic. But I, I think it was done for a reason. To me, it kind of feels like. I mean, that's obviously it's what the whole season is saying, especially with Bojack, but it feels like they're trying to like sort of interrogate why the bar is so low for men until like a little bit of vulnerability is shown. And then everyone is like, oh, we forgive you. Like, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I also I I like um, what you said, Michelle. It's good to get like the information we know about Diane out in the open. And I didn't honestly expect it. And I, I don't remember if it like the conclusion happens in these episodes, but I didn't think it was going to be touched on at all, to be honest. I thought she was going to kind of be able to sweep it under the rug or deal with it quicker. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the details, but mm-hmm. my thoughts are they were good. Okay, okay. Good to hear. Um, I will say that I enjoyed the these BoJack moments uh, a lot more on on second watch. I think that uh, once you have the whole picture, um, it makes it a little bit easier to understand um, Doctor Champs's re- reaction to things and how BoJack uh, ha- handles it. it. Makes it feel a bit more um, earnest, but uh, at the same time. Uh, 
uh, with the Todd hijinks, I, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. But I, I, I'm still a little <laughs> a little mixed on the their efforts there. But I will say overall, the kidney stays in the picture is a very funny episode because it has the Todd stuff, it has the assistant strike stuff, which also has a lot of a, a lot of the um, topical humor. So I, I think that that episode works for really well, like all its uh, pieces. Whereas um, a little uneven is all like that one. Like when it goes when it switches to Mr. Peanut Butter, I'm like not as into it. But uh, um, there's, it's mostly focused on BoJack there. So I'll say that uh, the um, the kidney episode was a bit str- uh, more consistent for me. But I definitely think that overall, these two with the uh, BoJack um, story, it continues to be strong in in this uh, group, uh, setting us up for the downfall of BoJack late, later on. But like this seems to be his his high in our eyes. I, I guess episode seven too, but. Uh, this episode, these episodes also like put him in a lot more favorable light than perhaps most of the show does. Um, so I guess, uh, like I said, the, b- both of these episodes split up into the different main characters a lot. So I think it makes it easier for us to just focus on a specific character and go through bo- them in both episodes as opposed to going line by line. So like of of these of the main cast that we cover here. Which which one did were you most uh, interested in, in 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 these two episodes, or which one did you think have the most um, compelling story, um, Michelle? How how do you feel about that? I mean, I think that's a little hard because, like, personally, I want to get more into Diane stuff, but she's really in the background for most of these episodes. Mm-hmm. I think the most satisfying, though, I like am. Not, I mean, I'm invested because Bojack's the main character, but he's not my first choice. I do think his situation is the one I care the most about at this point in time just because this is a like it is like in a way a kind of big turning point because he I mean like he's actively trying to help someone else and not to feel like a better person which I think is important I think he's really legitimately trying to do the right thing to do the right thing um I do also think that Dr. Champ starts to make it personal, though, because he blames him at the end of um, the kidney stays in the picture. And I I honestly don't think him blaming Bojack's very fair at all. And that's like the one time I can honestly think of somebody blaming Bojack and I don't agree with them. I'm glad is, you think so, too. I thought I'd be the yeah, only one. Which is kind of a nice turn of events. I also like even the small moment of Bojack like being like, ah, well, like huh, if I like if you won't let me stay because you think I'm better, I'll just drink vodka and it'll be fine. And he tries to drink a little bit of it, and he like immediately spits it out and says, "What am I doing?" And I, I like that he's at this point in his life. I think it, it's been desperately needed for many a season, and it is still nice to see him actually, you know, even when there's a temptation, he's like, "No, no, no." I think it's going to take something pretty intense, like maybe the police investigating Sarah Lynn more in the <laughs> next half of the season for him to really consider going back to alcoholism. I really hope he doesn't. And I mean, for me, that was the the character stuff that, that jumped out the most. Yeah, that definitely with Bojack. There's a, we'll we'll talk about Diane in a little bit, but yeah, I guess it makes sense to start with Bojack. And uh, yeah, for sure, but Bojack is going through a lot of different stuff in these two episodes, and it, it culminates in this moment where Doctor Champ tries to blame Bojack for what happens, and he lets out the line of like "You ruin people who care about you," which is probably a line that Bojack has said verbatim at some point in the show. Like it feels like probably. He's a, he's- it's, it's, yeah, it's the stupid of piece of shit damage. episode. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. So this, yeah. this is from somebody else back at him. Yeah, so this is a sentiment we've heard Bojack describe about himself before, and at the, this late in the show, we're still getting other people saying it to him. But Ali, do you believe that Bojack uh, took this moment personally, or do you feel that he he recognized that this wasn't actually his fault? I would say maybe both. Like he, it's hard not to take it personally, especially because of his horse complex and self-loathing. But I think he, he's at least like in rehab. He's trying to find the root of his entitlement. Even like you know, he indulges in it, but he acknowledges it. Um, even with like he's trying to keep the fancy room when another patient needs it more. Like he goes back, but like it was an accident that he, you know, got. Dr. Champ drunk, but he 
did keep the bottle of vodka. So it's kind of like a two-way thing. Like he does deserve that criticism and he should take it personally, but he should also recognize that like it's not entirely his fault. Yeah. Which I think he does, kind of. Because he does try to help him. He's like, you know, you don't want this. I know you don't want it because you taught me that. So, I don't know. It's a little complicated. I'm glad to see, because when it was first, you know, at the end of season five, when he was like, yeah, hey, I'm going to rehab, I didn't expect anything really to work out the way it did. I thought it would take, like, much longer. I thought he would be, you know, kind of... Like, this episode was about him trying to stay there, and I thought it would end with him staying there, kind of. So I'm glad to see that he's... He really is trying to be a better person, not for like the attention, but to be better, like Michelle said. Mm -hmm. And on the topic of him being in rehab and like the, this uh, th this effort to, to better himself, I found it very interesting that we kind of like end his whole therapy situation with him coming, to, like getting to a very deep realization about himself at the bar, talking to the drunk therapist. He's like, oh my God, is this yeah. what therapy is? At the same <laughs> bar he used to go to all the time too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like he's talking it out for himself. Although you could interpret this as him being in rehab allowed him to be self-aware enough to get to the point where he could talk this stuff out to himself yeah. without subconsciously punishing himself. So you could you could lead, lead it like that. But also it's just funny that like, it's the, 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 it turns out that he's able to give himself therapy by the end of this. So it's, it's again, we, we talked a little bit about this in the episodes one and two, but I do think that this season is trying to have it both ways with, with the effects of rehab, whether or not it's uh, overall helpful, because it, I think it does show that it has certain good effects, but also Bojack at the end of the day, like gets there, it gets the full way with, with, uh, with the hindrance of Dr. Champ rather than his help. But um it's mm -hmm. it's sad because he his progress comes at the expense of someone else again, but this time he's trying oh, to be yeah. a good person about it. Like it, it it always this is what I expected because it's Bojack. Someone always gets hurt because of him, which is you know, he thinks it's his lot in life and th this time the nice thing to see is that he's trying to help and he's not just like, "Oh, whatever. You'll you'll live." Mhm. Mm and speaking of that, like uh, we're mostly focusing on episode uh, six, where like it, it, where he helps Doctor Champ get uh, get out, get sober. But in episode five, most of Bojack's thing is showing us flashbacks of how a similar thing happened with Sarah Lynn, where he leaves a, wa a water bottle full of vodka unchecked, and Sarah Lynn takes the alcohol. And so, like, it, it, it's these two episodes, at least I interpret it as, like, them trying to draw a parallel between the two instances. And, like, because it, it, they're very similar, right? It's like... Uh, the instance with him as a kid? Well, with, with him at, as, at the horsing around set, leaving a bottle of vodka around, and Sarah Lynn takes it and drinks it, versus today, yeah. he leaves a bottle of vodka around, oh. and he lets Dr. Champ take it. Wow, I didn't so, even think of that. I was thinking of the first episode where he just where his parents were passed out and there was a bottle of vodka unchecked but yeah, this well, makes way more sense well no and like that also like comes into this right like it's just the, the whole, this whole season is kind of like touching on the uh, um, even actions that are not malicious at all like just like leaving something around for somebody else to tr stumble over like that's still a thing that like you know yeah. you, have, you have to deal with consequences of but um, Michelle, I don't know. Uh, with the whole um, flashback sequences of of episode five, um, what what do you, what do you think they added to the BoJack story? Like adding in all the this uh, extra conversation with Sharona and the Sarah Lynn getting uh, getting the alcohol. Like, what 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 do you think it it did for the, for BoJack in this episode? I mean, in terms of the alcohol, or just as a flashback? Yeah, I feel like the alcohol was part of the flashback, but. I mean, one thing that honestly stuck out to me was that, so Danny Bananas comes in, Bojack's like pretty much fine with him, but nobody else seems to really like him. And it's at Danny Bananas' insistence that he's willing to point fingers at the hairdresser and get her fired over the alcohol. Because once Sarah Lynn is discovered inebriated, the mom, her mother wants to sue them, which I think is fair. Like, if my 10-year-old child came back from a set, like, drunk on vodka, I want to sue, too. So I think, like, in a way, the alcohol kind of manifests more of Bojack just, like, 
even though like maybe we're supposed to look at Danny Bananas as like the true bad guy of that scenario, like Bojack is complacent in in, in that being like he lets that woman take the fall for it. Um, he pretends it's hers, though I, I'm assuming it was his. And w- even though she does have her own alcoholic problem, it's like, well, better her than me. And I think like that's another just case of Bojack making terrible decisions. So I think there there are many instances in Bojack's life where he's made bad decisions and hurt people, which again I think is part of why it's nice to see him actually trying to help someone that he honestly didn't mean to hurt and did not you know and it is trying to do his best like chicking that guy into rehab was what that guy really honestly needed things were not clearly going to be fine if he just let him go back to pastiche and pretend to to have the same job because like he could go back to drink anytime he wanted and no one would know so like he did the right thing but he feels shitty because he accidentally kind of hurt this person and i think like Trying to do better and trying to do the right thing and having someone hate you is a way better step than just trying to cover your ass and ruining somebody else's life and getting them fired, you know. So this is still a significant step for Bojack. And I appreciate the flashback for at least like giving us more reasons to see like how far Bojack has at least come in that respect. Yeah, that, that, that's a good read on it. And uh, in terms of uh, Bojack now as being much more proactive as opposed to in this flashback, he kind of just lets it go. We don't really get a sense that he ever really reaches out to Sarah Lynn in that moment for, for uh, after that. Whereas here, he's making an effort to reach out to Dr. Champ. Uh, he could have just kept driving and ignored the bar and <laughs> just let, let him go, but he didn't. So, uh, yeah, I, that, 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 that's a good read on, on the flashback. Um, let's hear it. Uh, also, just uh, briefly, uh, with uh, this episode opens with Bojack not wanting to leave the, the rehab, and um, I, I wrote down a note where like he talks about like you, you can say like very empowering things in there, but it's just not the same when you go back to the outside world, and that that is, and I think that that is a legitimate fear from from Bojack, although like it's framed as as him just like later just wanting the fancy room and wanting to be treated as special, but I do think that there is something to like when you're in a, a, a confinement for a little for a while then you get to the point where like you know that once you're outside you have to deal with all the influences that you were dealing with before mm-hmm. and all the nice stuff that they tell you in in the ther- in the therapy that doesn't necessarily cleanly translate once you have to deal with everything on, on your own but that's why Dr. Champ like tries to be like hey you have a support system and he goes to Todd who's <laughs> like kind of busy but uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to point that out because that that is like a reasonable rehab uh, experience. Um, yeah. Let's hear. Um, the, the, honestly, with with BoJack, I think that we've like covered the the main parts of it. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to comment on him specifically in these episodes. I think we, we I think we've covered most of it. Um, well, let's, let's talk about Diane since like she came up (laughs) in our opening remarks. Um, Diane doesn't get a, but, um, much, um, much screen time in these episodes. So she's in Chicago and she is working on this book that uh, has an extremely long title that I didn't bother writing down, but it's funny every time she says it. Uh, Episode five, like her main scene is that she's uh, at at the table writing. She hides it from from guy, and she talks about how she's writing about other people and how terrible everything is all the time. And she's focusing on herself now. And then we get the the sad reveal of just a full page of I am terrible. Um, so relatable. <laughs> how, how relatable, Allie? <laughs> the I am terrible thoughts. You know, depression is a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I uh, like again. I didn't think to see it with Diane, even though we knew we'd been new. I didn't think it was actually going to come out. Yeah, the rumor come out, and I, I think it's a, it, it's an extension of what we saw in the last in the last um, Chicago episode, where the guy calls out like her being averse to things that might make her happy in terms of like uh, subconsciously yeah. punishing herself, and this seems to be like even more full in. Uh, on uh, hammering that home that she just doesn't feel feel good about herself 
And uh, that that extends to, to episode six, kind of too, because that Diane like sort of gets involved in Todd's uh, situation, and Guy remarks like, "Hey, look, you've been kind of down since starting the book. Like, you, are you, do you really want to distract yourself?" Yeah, uh, Michelle, how how did you feel that how that exchange went? I mean, I liked the Guy cares enough about Diane to pick up on her moods and to to be concerned and to talk to her about it to her face like that is all good boyfriend stuff so i mean that part makes me happy but the fact that she's that sad and it's really obvious (laughs) is is really upsetting obviously but i mean i think clearly there's there's a lot to get into with Anne that we just don't have the information about yet like, we all know she's depressed, but we're not entirely... I don't think we have all the pieces for exactly why. Like, we can draw conclusions based on what we've seen with her in previous episodes and previous seasons. But I feel like I know Bojack's situation so much better than I know Diane's. And maybe that's part of the reason I'm really curious about Diane. Because there's a lot I don't know. Um, I mean... I'm assuming we'll find out more in later episodes. This seems to be a thing the show really wants to talk about this season. And like Allie was saying, like, yeah, it is a little surprising we're getting it so blatant, but maybe it's because of this last season. They're like, yo, we're we're really going to get into this now. Like, time has come. Yeah. Maybe that's why it, it felt a little rushed to me, but obviously there's no helping that. Yeah. Well, and I do think that the show is kind of... When they've talked about why Diane feels the way she feels, like, for example, in episode five, like, she she uses that line of, like, I focus on how terrible everything is and all the terrible people around me. Mm. And so I can focus on myself, but I also believe that I'm terrible, too. So, like, it, it's and that kind of sentiment, I feel like we've gotten from Diane a lot in the show in terms of, like, it was t- taking taking down its uh, corrupt institutions and uh, dealing with terrible people all the time around her. But, like, that seems to be the main focus of, of Diane throughout the show. And I wonder if, if they want to limit it to that, that it's just, like, the, the her, her particular worldview of everything is terrible, I need to call out everything. But then that that also affects my uh, my personal mental health situation. Like I, I wonder if it's if it's just going to be limited to that, which is still like a a, a big thing. But like it, obviously you'd want to know more about her personal life. But I feel like so far all we've majorly gotten is just her worldview and how that affects how she interprets her personal life. We also have gotten like we know a little bit about her family. We know it wasn't mm-hmm. the best childhood, but I think you have a like. I definitely agree that, like, it could be... I don't know if it will just be a narrative on... If you look for the negative, that's all you'll see. But it definitely is a part of it. Because that was her job. That was, you know... That's just how she thinks now. Because it's, like, why she's wired to think that way. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, Diane's got six months to write this book. Uh, we'll see if she, <laughs> she, she gets it out. She's so thrilled about it. So excited. <laughs> Wow, book. Yeah, Pr- Princess Carolyn is uh, continually awesome at propelling Diane's career, so. <laughs> I know! Uh, I do it all. Yeah. I love Princess Carolyn so much. Uh, is there any other major Diane stuff that happened in these episodes? Because, like, again, like, she didn't really have that much screen time. She had, like, the least, I feel. Yeah. Maybe, like, a second to Princess Carol. No, Princess Carol didn't work! She, she had all the assistant striking stuff, actually. Right. So Diane really did have the... Yeah, poor Diane. But, but she'll, she'll get a little bit in the next couple of episodes, too, yeah. I think. Uh, also, um, she's spying on Todd and uh, and his dad doing a thing, and he's like, uh, she has to get a pretzel to stay in the parking garage. Um. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just leave. No, I kind of want the pretzel now. <laughs> big mood yeah i was like it was yeah. cold so like a hot pretzel like i can it's, it's yeah. a good, good steakout food God, chicago that's the other thing she's in a cold place maybe it's just seasonal depression <laughs> not just but definitely part of it all the time yeah no it, it certainly doesn't help right yeah, yeah. yeah. um a, a guy wanted her to move back there though in the middle of winter so yeah, he's super boyfriend material. <laughs> no, he also he's like been pretty good so far. Yeah, I just can't believe his name is Guy. <laughs> that's that's my two cents. There are guys named Guy. It's a valid name. No, but it's so. ridiculous. I'm sorry to anybody out there named Guy. I don't really mean to offend. 
guy's other character trait in this episode, in these episodes, that he offers some um, fancy beer. Um, he, he mentioned something about like a beer, <laughs> yeah. a beer that's uh, barley from Portland, Oregon, but a brewery in Portland, Maine, or something along those lines. So, uh, guy's a hipster. Maybe that uh, is that why he has to wear flannel, like or like that's why his name is Todd. <laughs> Flannel's sturdy, and he's a sturdy fellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, so uh, Princess Carolyn it, uh, did sell Diane's book, but uh, she also has a lot of other stuff uh, going on. Um, her main thing is in the assistance episode, which is uh, in the, the kidney stays in the picture. Uh, she's involved in the whole assistance strike. Um, overall... Uh, uh, how how do you guys feel about how Princess Carolyn navigated this situation? Because we, we know her history as a former assistant, and initially she dives right into trying to stomp this out. Eventually she works her way back. Do you feel that this, this fits in Princess Carolyn's character, Michelle? Oh, so I think it was handled very believably, because I imagine when when you go from being like, on the sucky side of the industry to the cushy, nice side of the industry, it is more in your favor to try to stamp out, you know, resistance to cheap, like, uh, thankless labor, because that is the backbone of the industry. <laughs> and that's the majority of the people. And that's how the system is able to stay the way it is. And she benefits from that. So it makes total sense to me that her, her initial gut reaction would be like, oh no, like we got we gotta like sign up some of these people and, and stop the the momentum with the, the main crew so that this doesn't go any further because this, this is really dangerous for us. But I think it, it is also telling that hearing um is his name Turtle Tom? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. I, I know he's a turtle, I forget his name, but when when she she hears him say that line to the assistant that they're currently like bribing essentially and that like triggering her into her old life into her old memories of being an assistant herself I think is very telling too because like I think like it does take her back to a time that really sucked when she had a shitty boss and a shitty job and she had no actual guarantee of ever becoming more than an assistant and I think that's like what really like you know it struck her in her heart and that's what made all the difference. And I think it's really, it's really good. Cause like, I want to root for Princess Carolyn doing the right thing, but she also was very good at her job. And I think when you're that high up, sometimes being very good at your job means sacrificing your morals. And in this instance, she, she did the right thing. And I think that's really great. And it, it gives me a sigh of relief, but like her situation's kind of complicated and it, it's hard to like do both sides of that, right? Like this could negatively impact her career now that assistants are maybe like being treated better, getting paid better. Like I'm not, a, I don't think they ever really went into the, cause like their only demand was like, don't treat us like garbage, which is very vague, but potentially this could have repercussions on the ease of her current job. And I think the fact that she's willing to take that hit, is is great and i'm glad that she was able to kind of you know have a sense of like goodness about her despite being so high up on the food chain at this point yeah so that i I, that's a really good analysis of princess carolyn's uh actions here um ali do you have any princess carolyn thoughts to add on she'll pretty much covered it to a t so i I mean i agree it's good to see her like she said have a conscience when she's so Mm -hmm. powerful because, again, when you're that powerful, a lot of people don't think about other people and they just are, like, advancing themselves because that's all they know how to do anymore. I don't know if having a daughter has, like, made her empathy stronger, but I want to say maybe it's part of it. I just love her. I love Ruthie. She's the best. She makes well, Ruthie's better. very well behaved during this whole thing, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. Based on, like, all the shenanigans from earlier episodes, she's just quiet and chill during the intimidations. It's yeah. pretty great. Although, is this the first time that Princess Carolyn is wearing that, like, ca- baby carrier thing on her, on yeah. her shirt? Maybe, maybe Ruthie likes that and that calms her down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she likes being swaddled. That's yeah, it. Yeah, mom's gotta find what works for them. and uh, Maybe that's what works for her. Also, it was a dark room, so... It, 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 that, that, <laughs> putting her to sleep. Yeah, that helps. 
also, I, I will say, um, in addition to Princess Carolyn, um, this is the uh, reintroduction of fan favorite Judah. Um, I will say that I was very yes. excited by, yeah. by his return when they're like, the sun, the clouds part and the sun comes out as like Judah's, <laughs> Judah's head shows up and uh, Turtle Top is taken aback. But, uh, thank goodness that Judah is back. It's it's been a while. I missed him. So. You know what though? All the foreshadowing just because of his name makes me very anxious. Like he does everything oh, yeah. amazing for Princess Carolyn. He's gonna stab her in the back next season or something. I really hope he doesn't. Because I know me neither. But that's all I can think of because his name is Judah. It's terrible. I know. I know. It is very telling. You're right. But like, it's awful. but maybe we already got past it with like Judah, like doing that deal behind her back with the uh, with the croc. That's guy. true. Maybe, maybe we already did the good... Judah thing, and now he's safe. So, I just, I just want, I, I just him. want Judah and Princess Carolyn to be friends. They're so, they're so perfect for each other. Me too. <laughs> yeah. They really. Honestly, are. I thought. I kind of thought, I mean, I'd really expected Todd to be the nanny, but I did think Judah was going to, like, help her out. He, he's with... kind of nanny material, but also, like, he's a pro- he's more professional. He's too professional. Yeah, he's very him. organized and efficient, but I don't think he has, like, the sock puppet <laughs> skills that Todd brings to the table, you that know? destroyed me. I want to talk about that soon when we get there. <laughs> yeah, we, we will. Um, just uh, briefly with, like, the, the assistant stuff uh, of the, the... There's a lot of assistant gags in here. Um, the this episode kind of opens with uh, the chaos on the highway, uh, like everyone not knowing what to do without assistance. Oh, yeah. Very over the top. Um, What's my mother's maiden name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Turtle Tom like- gives a very impression line here. If, if you can't work out our rage and our assistance, <laughs> doing it on our family would be unfair. It's like... Uh, that was a very um, striking line for me. Um, Allie, did you have something else? There was a moment with Bojack when um, Todd has his assistant come try to help him at rehab. He he says something like, you indulge us and we and you let us abuse you. And that was just like, mm, that's true. That's just assistant. I don't lot. think that's fair, though, because it's they're not- so desperate for a job. Like, no wonder. Like, they're, they're not going to risk, like, the wrath of their superiors. Right, because then they would so get fired. Not- judge them be like oh you should like stand up for yourself it's like yo it's not that it's not that simple like they're at the bottom of the totem pole they they have the least amount of power they're not gonna make waves are you crazy they can get replaced in a second that's not how it works bojack well no i I think i think bojack recognizes that because like he also says something when casey says like i'm just happy to be a part of something bojack is like that's where we get you it was like yeah like you, you want to be in this industry so we take advantage of that and force you to do things you don't want to do just so you can stay around it here. There was another thing that Princess Carol, I think this was like the original plan to like uh, try to come up with a compromise for the assistance, but it was really like a shit plan. It was like, we, <laughs> she was like, we give the TV creators vanity cards at the end of episodes and then put it on streaming networks so people can skip the vanity cards. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it's, it's awful, but it's so true, but it's it terrible. Is. Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> Happens no, all the Netflix, time. Netflix, Amazon, every streaming service. That YouTube, skip ads. Yeah. Thanks, Adblock. <laughs> Thanks, Adblock, the true hero of this podcast. <laughs> Adblock. <laughs> um, if anybody wants, to, hero wants us to run ads on this podcast, please contact us. Um, <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> um, Spotify ads. Yeah. Uh, and so we have uh, after that conversation with Bojack, Casey like gains self awareness. It's like no, <laughs> yeah, no. He's like, oh, you, you won't go get this arbitrary thing I'm asking for. Yeah, and so the you don't need to be an alcoholic to get something out of rehab. No, I'm just <laughs> but not really. Uh, Let's move on. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Okay, well, uh... maybe yeah, maybe she needed the rehab in her own way. She got it. I don't know. Yeah. That's a fair point. She could have gotten if, if they gotten the Funyuns she was supposed to get Bojack and just taken the Funyuns for herself. That would have been good. <laughs> I don't understand why Bojack likes Funyuns. Like, maybe that's, like, just, like, the antithesis of, like, his whole character being bad. Because, like, who likes Funyuns? <gasps> oh, see, Allie likes I don't really. Oh, 
Okay. Not really. (laughs) They're not terrible. I'm just guessing. I think they're fine. I'm not sure anybody would call them their favorite. But also, like, they're fine. Compared to literally any other snack in that machine, it's got to be better than Funyuns. Well, what's worse, Funyuns or salt and vinegar? Oh my god, salt and vinegar is great, though! Oh, no! Let's just go through a whole, like, let's rank the items in a vending machine because I think this is important analysis. Like if if it if this is a vending machine that has like the little packs of like two Oreos, like he should get the Oreos. Like even if the, there's like small, yeah. or like that's true. Yeah, or like pretzel sticks. Sometimes there come in those vending machines. Mm-hmm. That'd be Funyuns would probably beat that. But. Doritos. Oh no, I want Cool Ranch. <laughs> Yeah, Cool Ranch is good. Yeah, yeah uh, just uh, look when uh, this is a more lats rehab than usual than usually people would do. But again, if you're in a rehab, you're not really allowed to go out. That vending machine ends up being a very important piece of your of your life in terms of ver- spicing up your your your, your workday. So I can understand getting an affection for a certain snack there. I just don't understand why it's Funyun specifically, but that's the one that he chose. Maybe it was the cheapest one. I don't know. But, the project doesn't need to worry about that. Well, I, I guess we don't really rehab know. Rehab is expensive. <laughs> yeah, re- rehab is expensive. He keeps re-upping every time. That is true. He did it like three times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That made me laugh. That was more of what I expected. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's very Bojack. Classic Bojack. Yeah. So, um, in... Uh, with, with the assistance, um, there's briefly a moment with uh, with Todd who has assistance in episode five. Um, the, the, there's uh, first it introduces with this uh, goofy thing of like some like guy at a top hat, like oh, an ice cream truck crashed into a root beer factory. Oh my god, like, that's a very classic Todd <laughs> thing. People are dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, Todd is busy, so he has to hire assistants, and he he does. He gets one for goofy dances, one for monitoring five guys to make sure they have the right amount of guys. More more guy talk. And uh, one for checking the all about that ace asexual dating app that makes its return from the end of last uh, season. So, uh, yeah, so Todd has assistance and quickly loses them because of the strike. Classic Todd. Um, but but the, his major story... I... Yeah, 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 Allie? No, I just, I need to use that app because it's real. The A... All about that. <gasps> is it is it real because yeah. of the show, or was it like independently created? No, I think it's because of the show. Like, they oh my god, under his name or something. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Definitely on the App Store. I haven't checked it out. Oh. Anyway, continue. Well, it, it's on the App Store, but to be determined if it's uh, functioning, I guess. Hopefully, yeah. True. Might be a gag. Yeah. But uh, uh, Todd's uh, main story comes with the introduction of his dad, uh, Jorge, voiced by uh, uh, Jaime Camil. Um, well, Todd is initially doing the sock puppet show, which, Ali, I, I assume you want to comment on. Please, please tell it, us the it really, accuracy. It just it fucking killed me. It was the exact same. When I heard the dialogue, she was like, I looked in that... I was like, oh my god, they're really checked. Check nasty. <laughs> Just hearing Aaron Paul do it too. Yeah, his accents were very good. His fantastic his southern accents. Uh, the fact that he's doing this for a, for a, a baby. baby infant, yeah. If I ever become a babysitter, I'm stealing all of his ideas. <laughs> he's he's very soon. good at it. He's like a paid professional nanny now, so yeah. mine all of his ideas. I will definitely. Yeah. All I wanted to say was it was fantastic. I didn't expect it, and it it killed me. As someone who has not watched Brokeback Mountain, the, the phrase "Jack <laughs> Nasty Jack Twists" uh, brings a lot of images, but uh, I, I will never know Listen, until I watch the movie. It's a complicated movie, <laughs> but I stand. <coughs> Very depressing. Oh, classic Bojack. Yeah. Uh, also, this is a callback to um, earlier. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, this is also a callback. Don't die. <laughs> I, I won't die. I promise. Uh, this is also a callback to earlier this season where Todd was complaining that Princess Carolyn's previous nanny was not doing voices or like was doing voices like Cameron Diaz voiced uh, the princess in Shrek. But like here, he's actually like going deep into the voices. <laughs> That's so, true. So he's proving his worth. Remember that? That's funny. Uh, but but then we have this this whole plot with uh, Todd and Jorge. They need to go find Todd's kidney because he sold it for uh, to buy the 
sock puppets, which like how the puppets? how it, oh my God. how expensive are sock puppets? <laughs> it's because they're brokeback mountain brokeback mountain sock puppets. Oh, okay. yeah, they had like a wig and lipstick on one. That you know, that's not just a normal sock right there, Alex. This is fancy. Did you even get the commission though? <laughs> Maybe commission the black uh, yeah, but, but his mom is in a coma, and they need to go find the kidney, and they go on this whole uh, rigmarole through Chicago to get it. Um, Allie, how how did you feel about um, Todd and the relationship that they uh, they build up with his dad in in this episode? I didn't really. Again, I don't expect things of characters we don't get a lot about because he never really... I don't remember if his family had been touched on before, but I was always wondering where the Chavez came from since he is very white presenting, which we will get into, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting to see that he... It's his adoptive father, right? Or his stepdad? Yeah. His stepdad, yeah. And the relationship that they have, it, it, that he tried to like raise him a certain way. And I don't know if his mom played any part in it or if she just like sat back and let everything happen. I I liked it, but I want to see more of it. I want to know like how he and his um, uh, Jorge and his mom got together and how everything worked out. But the way their dynamic worked was really, I, I think it was done well, especially by the end because of what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. It's a little bit ridiculous at the end, but it, it makes sense. <laughs> Well, all, all things involving Todd need to be at least a little bit ridiculous. Even yes. when they're, yeah, when they're like serious, the mandate. they must still be ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, Mich- Which is very, it was done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michelle, how, how did you feel about uh, this in- this interaction? I kind of felt the same as Allie, and I also can't remember if Todd's family was really ever actively touched on in previous seasons. Do you remember, Alex? It's been forever since I've seen... They kicked him out, but like, do we know anything else about like his relationship to his mom or his stepdad in terms of like it being strained or kind of complicated? I I will say that I also don't really recall Todd ever mentioning mom or dad, which maybe speaks to how estranged they've been. And like in this episode, they they reiterate that uh, they kicked out Todd about 10 years ago. So it has been a while. And with regards to the usage of Chavez, like the last time we really touched on his Hispanic heritage was way back in season one, where we did a like a gag thing about the quinceanera, and uh, late, later on in jail, like he joins the Latin King. So we, we at the time, I think we commented on how on a bit problematic way they handled uh, Todd's heritage. Um, here, you have a very good memory. Uh, well, look, season one was is a rough patch, and. So you need to explain to people why you need to truck through season one to get to the, re- mm-hmm. the rest of the, of the good show. So like that, that was one of the moments where it's like, uh, I don't know about this. But they, they, they've improved <laughs> on Todd since then. And I will say that I think that this is an improvement in terms of handling his, his heritage. Um, you're going for the classic uh, tough uh, Latino dad, um, very exacting, macho. Um, and then we we get to a point where uh, he realizes like oh well I mean he he goes through this, this speech right like nothing came easy for me things didn't just work out yeah but, and then like the the big hammer punchline but you're white <laughs> so uh, just like so everything works out easy for right you. like throughout this this whole episode is like no Todd like things don't just work out like you need to like put efforts into things and he's very annoyed with this because that's like how. Uh, that's how you're raised but it's like no like todd is happy and it, uh, dad is unwilling to accept this because it's not coming with the, the way that he has trained himself to think so like uh, it, in that sense it, it's interesting that they call out todd be you know being uh, white but with uh, with hispanic heritage and like in terms of explaining away his uh, failing upwards all the time I don't think it's that deep of a message, but at least it's uh, no. It's that it, at the very least, I don't feel insulted by the way they handle like his Hispanic yeah. heritage, which is different from how season one went. So improvements. <laughs> um, Yay for improvements, yeah. baby steps. No, I will. I like that when they talk about race because, like, I think 
I forgot, I'm sorry, I forgot which one of you said it. They don't really touch on it that much. Mm-hmm. And if this wasn't like an improvement of the way they do it, it's at least like a statement about it in general. Yeah, yeah, like uh, they they, yeah. they tend to avoid that. Be- I mean, also like very very briefly, like uh, with BoJack, um, they they touch on like you know you you're stunted from having relationships with horse people, like that that like sort of bordering on like a, a racial yeah. situation as well. Yeah, it's a speciesist thing, yeah. which is a parody on racism. Right, right. So, so like again, like the, because of the fact that there are like animal species in this show, they tend to shy away from from racism discussion. Uh, from from race racial discussion, so that this does come as a surprise, but I think that they handle it pretty well. Um, there's also this this gag where they uh where they sneak into the building by Jorge yeah. pretending to be a non Spanish uh, non English speaking janitor and speaking in Spanish, and the guy like just let lets them go because they don't suspect a thing. Uh, so, uh, it, which is interesting because, like, this whole this whole episode leads up to, hey, you're white, so things work out for you. But, like, in this situation, he's using his knowledge to to his benefit, and it works out for him. So, like, in that sense, at least, like, it, you know, you don't have to be white to have things to work out. But at the same, like, he also emphasizes, like, well, this is because I'm being logical and stuff. Right, like you have to like be smart and careful for it to work out. Otherwise, I guess instead of Todd just like literally not having to do anything and it being fine. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I it, it does require a little bit more planning. So I, that that checks out. But uh, yeah, so they, they use it pretty well. Uh, one one small nitpick I will have: I don't enjoy when they use like the telenovela noises when like they get introduced. Like I know it, it's probably like a. Uh, reference to Jaime Camille like being on Jane the Virgin like that that's like a major telenovela type show but like when he, every time like there's like a dramatic thing like like in that first scene and so like I, I don't really enjoy the the connotation that that brings but that that's like a minor thing but uh yeah very valid though um let's hear anything uh um in the middle of, of like this whole getting the kidney stuff um Oh yeah, well, just like r- random jokes going around here. They they find this guard who's got a very Chicago thick voice. Um, Jorge distracts him with because somebody put ketchup on a hot dog. He's like, not in my town. So uh, I, 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 I need to ask opinions on ketchup, yay or nay? Obviously, yay. What's yes, wrong with you people? What is 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 this a Chicago yes. thing? You only eat mustard. Yes. Oh, Ch- really? Ch- oh Chicagoans reject ketchup. Just so on hot dogs, or I think it's just specifically on hot dogs. Like they might be fine with them other stuff, but there's some there's something okay, about like I think it's because like with uh, over there like they do like a lot of relish stuff and like relish and ketchup. I don't think mix that well. Oh. No, yeah. it's disgusting. Yeah, so like I I, I, I think <laughs> that's the purpose. Uh, I, I will personally say I I don't yes. enjoy ketchup that much, but I will defend your rights to put ketchup on a hot dog. Like there's there's no reason to be discriminated. You're already better than that. Yeah, you're already better than that one guy. Respectful. That guy was a dick. What was a dick? <laughs> that guy trying to stop oh. me. Not the police guy. The security guy. The hot dog was a dick. <laughs> that too. Well, it's in the shape of one. Anyway, let's. <laughs> Uh, it's late. I'm sorry. Yeah, and so it ends with with Todd deciding, like, hey, like I have I have her number. I mean, he has my number. If she wants to contact me, she'll do it. And like, uh, Dad calls calls Todd out on being cold, and Todd is just throws it back, like, I am at Chavez, aren't I? And it's like, ooh, tough. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, I, I guess because this is very small, like in episode eight, I think we do see a Todd uh, di- dialing his, his mom at the end. But like it, it, yeah. initially, uh, this does cut, come off as like you know it's it's a rough situation, right? Because like you've been estranged from your family for a long time, and um, I don't know if you want necessarily someone coming out of a coma to be the first time. Um, Michelle, I, I, how do, how do you feel about how Todd handled the situation? Given that we don't see him in serious situations all that often. Wait, 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 the situation like, in, in, sorry, in terms of like you... not wanting to talk to his mom in that moment and just kind of leaving that's his right Todd's an adult and there is that moment earlier when his stepdad says 
like, oh, well, I wanted to call you, but your mother, and it's kind of implied the mom stopped him because of her pride, which is, sounds like a whole can of worms. Um, so I, I, I mean, it, Todd gave her his kidney. That yeah. was a very kind thing to do, but I don't think he, like, I don't think he has to do anything more than that if he doesn't want to. So I don't think he's being cold. I think he's probably just like protecting himself and his own boundaries. And he's, he just does not feel comfortable talking to her in that moment. And, and that's her his kidney. Yeah. <laughs> so like- yeah, he like hunted down his kidney for her. Clearly he cares about her, but that doesn't mean he has to talk to her. And I think that's fine. Sometimes actions speak louder than words anyway. So I think it's, I, I stand behind Todd a hundred percent. I do too. Also because we partly don't know enough about his situation to invalidate his choice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's a really good point. Yeah, that, 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 that's a fair assessment there. Um, yeah, so with the... I think the last major character we haven't really talked about is Mr. Peanut Butter. He, he also doesn't get that much screen time in this in these things. Um, in, in these episodes, we're kind of setting up what he does in episode, episode 7 of him doing his tour of depression because... Princess Carolyn devises this whole strategy of, oh, if people think that Mr. Peanut Butter is depressed, then they'll like him afterwards. And so, like, she pushes Mr. Peanut Butter in front of the car and then, like, talks about, oh, well, he, he, he threw himself in front of the car because he's depressed. And we get into this whole thing of, uh, of celebrities uh, destigmatizing depression by admitting they have depression. Um, Ali, you kind of touched uh, on that in the beginning in terms of, like, what, what, this episode is trying is trying to say about about how how media handles depression with famous people um did you want to go deeper into that it's how they handle depression and also just mental illnesses with famous people but i also think more than that it's how they handle uh like men's fragility if i'm using that like term yeah Not, not like the fragility but like they're super they're very quick to forgive celebrities but especially men when they like you know show vulnerability or a weakness i don't i wouldn't say everyone is that way like obviously like people can be very um rigid about their you know like how high they set the bar but this was just yeah this was also i mean ridiculous on another level to me because especially with what they're doing with diane if she does go back to la and she sees this (laughs) i'm really afraid of how it will play out it's like you're the face of depression bitch have you seen me (laughs) yeah and have you seen you mr peanut butter you're the happiest person any of us know yeah no and you you make a good point about the about the male aspect because i think that that's that's a thing that comes with male celebrity like the quote expectation is for you to be tough and you macho that's the right word so when when you admit that you get some kind of extra praise that doesn't usually come when like if it's a, if it's a woman that's admitting that uh, that but it's because of like the exalted expectation that you give to to males so it's a, just a, giving them a much lower bar to to work with right and uh, yeah and uh, also like the idea of celebrities like destigmatizing depression like that that's a thing especially that has come up a lot in sports lately where like more and more athletes are admitting to dealing with mental illness and it's an important thing to do but also this i guess like there is some kind of um some kind of given what we know about mr peanut butter i think that there is also some messaging of like what it is are we slowly getting to a point where like too many people are doing it which i'm not sure what the validity of that argument is but it, i guess it's, it's something to consider given how easily we we treat we uh, how much uh, praise we lavish onto onto famous people who end up doing that all the time I, yeah and it's not even really about the i i don't think it's like him lying about the depression itself it's the fact that news got out that he was a gross cheater and everyone was like reasonably mad about this and to cover it up he's using depression to try to get back in the good graces of the public like that's the real problem like he messed up he even says like oh well i'm not gonna do anything like i'm used to things just kind of being fine so i'm assuming it'll all work out 
Princess Carolyn is a very good agent and she knows that's not like, that's not going to work fast enough for the movie to be successful. Mm-hmm. And so she, he, she pushes the process along at a more rapid pace, like, because that's what you do when you're an agent and you're really good at your job. And he lets so, it happen. He lets it happen. And he plays into it. And like, that's the part that's gross to me. It's like the lying about the oppression is kind of like, well, that's like a weird thing to do objectively. Like, why would you lie about a thing you don't have? But, like, the fact that he's using it to try to to have people like him again after them being mad at him for a good reason, because he did a gross thing, is the part that feels very insidious. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think he has depression? Because I am honestly not sure. I think... I don't think he has depression. I think he's just used to being able to mess up and having no consequences because he has a very pleasant vibe most of the time. Yeah. I think like he he's very charismatic and likable and a lot of people enjoy his company and he he's not malicious. He doesn't yeah, like yeah. strangle anyone like Bojack, you know. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of reasons if you don't know him that well to like him a lot, but like the only reason I'm unsure is because he's just been, he's had a lot of bad relationships. Not bad relationships, but he's never been able to hold one down, and that might be getting him down, but that's still, Like a romantic you know. relationship, yeah, but I feel like all of his platonic friendships are pretty yeah, okay, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, well, so. yeah, and uh, I'd say as well, like, it's obviously depression can take many different forms. It doesn't necessarily need to be as overt as Bojack has demonstrated in the past. But um, we ha- we just we haven't really seen Mr. Peanut Butter like in prolonged funks. Like the the only time we've really seen that is in the situation with Pickles, where she where he was side, but it was primarily just out of his guilt for for the mistake. Yeah, and once he lets it out, it seems that like he's kind of on the path back to normal. So like that's like the only indication that I I could think you could uh, interpret depression out of. But again, like th- th- this yeah. scene, I think makes it pretty obvious that he's just playing along with the narrative that that princess carolyn is inventing for 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 him and uh so so like it's possible that there's something deep down there but it's definitely not to the point where he he would he would have committed the action that makes everyone warm up to him and and michelle is right that that's important context to have that right before this everyone hates mr peanut butter especially young woman for his actions and so this is also why he buys into this so quickly because it benefits him so Mr. Peanut Butter, uh, rough, rough, rough group of episodes for for him. Mm. Ha ha ha! Rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thanks, guys. Sad. This, um, did you enjoy the usage of memes in this episode, Allie? It, it, yes, is and this no, how memes because... work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but it can work to the like celebrities' advantage in a bad way because they can abuse their power with memes because everyone loves memes. I love memes. Like, would you say that the the sad dog is probably mostly inspired from sad Keanu, or like is, yeah. Yes. And and see, I think that Keanu Keanu used his his meme powers for good for the most part. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So, so Mr. Yeah. Peanut Butter should should aspire to that to that rise from memes. Yeah. Um, also, like earlier this season, we also had a Mr. Peanut Butter describe the girl the disgusted girlfriend meme in detail. So Mr. Peanut Butter is just all about <laughs> the memes this season. So good good for him. Le- learning to associate with the youth. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, any anything else from these two episodes that you guys want to mention or final thoughts before we begin signing off here, uh, Michelle? Uh, I want to see more Judah. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, more Judah. I just really like him. Um, yeah. I guess that's my. My final thought. Judah, the, the Judah. Oh my god. Wow. Princess you, 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 yeah. you dare who Judah. <laughs> I I thought she was saying like Tudo. I was like, who the fuck is that? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's his middle name. Alright, so more Judah is your final thought. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, yeah. Allie, do you have any final thoughts on these episodes? Um I think I had a note, but I lost it. Um Something about oh no wait hold on uh Sharona does he see her again in the sixth episode or is that in the seventh, seventh episode? episode 
Okay, never mind. Then I have nothing. Uh, well, no, I have something. No more depressing Sarah Lynn flashbacks. I can't take anymore. Oh, that poor girl. It it yeah. kills me every time. Well, one small detail with Sarah Lynn, like they do throw in here a line where like the reason she's in the makeup room is my stepdad's in there and he's being weird. Which like it, it, is yeah, it that sounds very well, scary. Well, the thing is, it's a detail that we haven't really touched on in a while because I do recall in a previous episode we also talked about how her stepfather is kind of like a photo was being a photographer for her as a kid. Oh no! Which is, oh like, no! It's like there have been like weird details like that that they've had in the past and like they've been very vague with it but i i just wonder like the fact that we're like continuing to like we we mentioned again the stepdad after he's been away for a while and then at the end of this of this season like we see him again like being involved in the investigation it, it, it's something to consider in terms of like various factors that dealt with uh sarah, sarah lynn going going the way she I didn't did think about that <laughs> i'm gonna be screwed up all night thank you Aww. that's amazing <laughs> No, it's a good yeah, thing. I think stepdad is a bear, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I don't even remember. Yeah, it's like a, this is like an old good. bear with glasses, I think. Uh, but yeah, we uh, once we talk uh, over the animated talks about episodes seven and eight. That might be a topic that that they'll touch, but we will come back for that. Until then, you can find the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can find us on Discord if you want to chat with us about BoJack or any other animated show we cover here at overlyanimated.com slash discord. Uh, you can support us financially via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Otaku Guy one uh, Thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Uh, besides BoJack Horseman, uh, we are also currently covering uh, Rick and Morty. We've got uh, Ruby coverage going on, Miraculous Ladybug, She-Ra. So we cover a wide variety of shows here. Um, and yeah, we will be back to finish up our episode by episode coverage with episode seven and episode eight. But until then, we will talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Jack Nasty. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh my god.